0: Hi, and welcome to the Purdue Commercial Adcast, the Purdue University Center for Commercial Agriculture's podcast featuring farm management news and information. I'm your host, Brady Brewer, and joining me today is Dr. Michael Langmeier, professor of agricultural economics here at Purdue University and the associate director of the Center for Commercial Agriculture. On today's episode, we will be discussing. Uh, the most recent release of the USDA Farm Income Forecast, which was here in February of 2024. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Jumping right in, the USDA released their latest farm income numbers. They do this several times throughout the year. They do it in early fall, then they do their late fall update in November. And then the February forecast, which is the one where they release the official estimates for the previous year. So in this case, it would be for the 2023 crop year. But this is also the first glimpse of what they're expecting for this upcoming growing season. Right now it's February 2024. This is their first official forecast for what farm income will be for the 2024 growing season. From the numbers, we see that net farm income is down. They're expecting to be down here in 2024. In particular, if you put numbers to it, It's about a 25 and a half percent decline in farm income in 2024 relative to the last growing season in 2023. If we look at this from a historical perspective, if we think about the last two decades, in 2023, when I did Outlook Talks, I always told people we're down, but we're still above the historical average. We can't say that anymore. Uh, We are now below the two decade average. Average, barely, but we are below the the two decade average.
1: Yeah, it's it's right about it at the average, and it just tells us how good incomes really were in twenty two, twenty three, twenty four. I mean, we were down substantially from last year, but we we're down like sixty billion from twenty twenty two, and so very sharp declines. But given the fact that we're still about average, it's still a good sign. I would definitely agree. So getting into the numbers,
0: net farm income is down 25.5% from 2023 to 2024. The official estimate for net farm income is right at $116 billion. Gross cash farm income is only down 4.1%. If we look at some of the other items of note, and we'll get into these and, and go into detail throughout this podcast here in just a minute, but expenses are up 3.8%. So expenses are tracking right along with what the general macroeconomy is doing and overall inflation across the board. So that's the average, what they're expecting, but they do release a range of what they expect. So tell me a little bit about what the range we can expect for net farm income.
1: Actually, I created this range. And what I, what I did is I took the average uh, US net farm income in, in real dollars from 2007 uh, to 2024, And then I added a standard deviation and I subtracted the standard deviation. And what I was trying to do here is look for really low years and really high years. 2009 and 2016 were on the low end, so extremely low. 2024 is about average. But we're coming off of, like I said, three years that were above one standard deviation above the long run average. So 21, 22, and 23 were certainly outliers on the high side. And so I wasn't all that surprised to see a a rather large adjustment in 24. We're going to dig under the hood and look at some different cash receipts for different commodities, but you take corn and and oil seeds, for example, or feed grains and oil seeds, for example, and the cash receipts are down substantially. Uh, Just looking at corn price on the WASDE report, for example, Corn price in this marketing year compared to last marketing year is down 25%. Given that we have some very large decreases in some of the crops, it wasn't that surprising to see the drop in 24. And and it's very important just to point out, because I've seen a lot of headlines that emphasize this large drop. It's very important to point out is we're just back to the long run average. That's not good necessarily, but it's not as bad as what we had in 15 through 2019.
0: Yeah. So really back to the long run average. So that down 25.5% may seem like a little doom and gloom, but I do agree. We're we're right there at that long-term average. And it, I do want to point out in preparation for this podcast, as I was pulling some of the data, one of the things that the USDA releases, and, and they made a point to release this because I think of of some of the volatility we've been having over the past couple years, last year, They were actually predicting net farm income at this time. So February 2023 to be around $105 billion. That was a huge drop and there was huge revisions in the forecast. So I do want to remind everyone, we're talking about the USDA's forecast here. So it's currently in February. Uh, If we think about some of the harvests that are yet to happen as we get into spring, wheat harvest happening, spring and summer, and then some of your summer crops happening, your vegetable crops, there's a lot left like a lot of wild cards that could change this forecast. So what happened in 2023, they were predicting even bigger drops to farm income than what we're seeing now. And then when they got to the early fall farm income forecast, they revised it upward. So they went from below trend to fairly significantly above trend. It was still a a decline from 2022, but we saw some pretty big revisions in the, the farm income forecast in 2023. In most years, the forecast that they release in in february is within about 10 percentage points of what it ends up being at at the next year when they release the official numbers last year they were over 20 percentage points off there was some big wild cards in there that happened throughout 2023 price rebounds quantity rebounds and stuff like that that actually they had to revise those numbers up when we got to fall so just want to remind everyone, we're talking about a forecast here, and they and we do get it wrong because we're a year out, and sometimes it's a little hard to predict some of it. So I just want to throw in that caveat. All right. So the next thing, you know, so we're talking about net farm income, but if we put this on a per basis, we think about return on farm assets either through capital gains or current income. We can decompose this into these two measures.
1: And, and really, with the, the current income return and the capital gain return in 24. is expected to be right around the average. And so again, it's more of an average year rather than a very low income year. As we've seen the last three or four years, the capital gain income is expected to be higher than the current income. And so what that means is USDA is expecting land prices to continue to increase.
0: Yeah, so it's the asset portion of the balance sheet. So land is the big driver of it, but there's also some machinery in there as well and some other assets that are driving that returns to the capital gains. Uh, Michael, we've been talking about the, the USDA farm income, but you also do a, a West Central Indiana case farm. Let's get to some Indiana-specific numbers.
1: Here, the numbers are down substantially more than the, than the U.S. net farm income. And again, I re- I'll revise these. This is really early in 24, as you indicated. But I'm I'm expecting a large drop in 23. I don't have a final number for 23 yet. And in fact, the USDA... ERS number is a projected number, a forecasted number for 23 still, too, and so is mine. So I'm expecting a large drop from about $225 net farm income per acre for a corn-soybean farm down to about $60 per acre, so a very large drop in 23. Then I'm expecting another $100 drop from 23 to 24. The reason why I think it's important to talk about this is the U.S. net farm income forecast, we need to remember this is all commodities in the U.S. and livestock when you start looking at specifically feed grains and oil seeds it's a lot less it's a lot more bearish a lot bigger drop uh when you're looking at those commodities compared to all commodities one of the things we are going to talk about is how different receipts change but i just want to point out one of those for example beef receipts are not expected to drop hardly at all in fact they might increase because we got very low inventories right now. And so they're expecting some pretty high beef prices, both at the farm level and also in the grocery store. That's just one example of a very important enterprise that's not expected to see a drop. So when you put all that together, you're looking at the 25% drop, but it is larger for some commodities.
0: Yeah, definitely sector specific impacts here. Michael, when we look at the long term trends, we're right about average. So one thing that you did is you kind of decomposed and looked at. The U.S. net farm income from a historical perspective.
1: Yeah, when you go back and and look at the U.S. agriculture, there's really two time periods since 1973. 1973 to about 2007 was really the opening up of trade, and it's prior to ethanol. In 2007, I usually refer to that in my presentations as the ethanol boom. That's when ethanol really started to increase and plateau even a little past 2007 and give us the current industry that we see today. The point of doing this particular exercise, looking at these two time periods, is the average real net farm income since 2007 is considerably higher than the real net farm income from 1973 to 2007. So we're still living in that ethanol boom and getting a positive impact because of that. That's no surprise uh, for those in the industry because 35 to 40 percent of the corn product goes to ethanol. So let's
0: decompose this into receipts and and revenues uh, for each of those uh, specific uh, sectors and, and what's driving some of the changes in revenues so, and then after that we'll decompose it into expenses uh, and then after we get on with expenses we'll talk a little bit about more balance sheet specific items. So when we look at u s farm sector cash receipts, we see that uh, for both animals and crops we see fairly specific or fairly substantial Uh, decreases in what the USDA is expecting in 2024 in terms of cash receipts. One thing that the USDA does is they decompose these cash receipts into what's driving either the increase or the decrease uh, from one year to the next. The vast majority of this change or this decline that they are expecting is coming from changes in commodity prices. There is some positive influences on cash receipts. They are expecting slightly higher yields in both livestock and crops. And then there's some other changes in there. So you can think of this as being the government payments, maybe conservation payments that go into farm income as well. But overall, the biggest driver here of what's causing their expectation for lower cash receipts in agriculture is due to commodity price declines. And here's where I want to say there's a lot of wild cards out there. This is where we saw the big swings last year. In their expectation of farm income if you think about some of the trade disruptions out there some of the wars that's just dis- disrupting demand out there there's a lot of wild cards out there that could put some upward pressure on commodity prices if they were to happen now with that said ending stocks and i know michael you and jim cover this when you guys do more outlook type stuff but ending uh, stocks to use ratios are up in 2024 relative to where they were last year at this time on the soybean side we're expecting higher planting corn plantings are expected to be a little bit down here in 2024 so that could put some upward pressure on it but overall we're seeing a little bit higher stocks to use which tends to put a ceiling on where we can expect commodity prices to go but there are a lot of wild cards out there
1: it's not only price changes that 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 could impact the forecast as we move ahead Uh, August would be the next and the next the next for 2024 in terms of a forecast value. Also, when they're putting together an estimate like this, they assume trend yields. They assume that livestock disease is going to have the same death losses that it it has had historically. And and we know that 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 can vary tremendously. And so just keep that in mind when you're looking at the forecast. So corn in 2023 was right at $78 billion in
0: cash receipts or, or gross revenues for the agricultural sector. That's expected to decline about $9 billion down to about $67 billion. Soybeans was up $57 billion in 2023. That's expected to decline about $6 billion down to Uh, 51.7. The fruit and nuts category is actually up slightly. Vegetables and melons is status quo, so no change there. Wheat is down about $100 million, not much change to the wheat category. And then cotton is up slightly. Uh, And I think... Michael, this is what you were alluding to earlier with your case farm. Really, when we look at the crops cash receipts, so corn, soybeans, fruits and nuts, vegetables and melons, wheat, and then cotton, corn and soybeans are really the big movers here. Yeah. When we look at the livestock side, uh, cattle and calves is pretty status quo. It's down uh, marginally, so not much change there. Uh, Dairy products and milk is, again, pretty status quo. Uh, down slightly, but it's a pretty minimal decline that they're expecting. Uh, broilers are up slightly, hogs are up, and then eggs are down a little bit. So not too many big movers on the livestock side.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 not very good news for the swine industry because 2023 was not a good year to say the least. And, and uh, USDA, at least in their forecast, is expecting the cash receipts to only be up slightly. Uh, we're still down considerably from where they were in 2022. I think that's one that, that's particularly noteworthy. Also, if you look at the cattle and calves, we were up sharply in 23 compared to 22 and expected to drop off a little bit in 24. But I think that drop off reflects the, the lower inventories. I, as I said, the price is, is is gonna be really strong here in 24.
0: Yeah, and I've seen some articles out there that I think the low inventories are expected to continue for a little while. It takes
1: a long time to increase those inventories again because it's a long cycle compared to broilers or hogs where you can turn that around pretty quickly.
0: I'm thinking of an article I saw yesterday, and this is more on the dairy side, but I think it applies for the beef sector as well, where heifer inventory is down, which obviously... If heifer inventory is down, that limits your ability to increase inventories in the near and long-term. So it's going to be an upward battle uh, here for and, some of the beef and categories. And think about how
1: tough a decision that is, Brady. I mean, here you got a heifer that's worth a lot of money because the mar- the market price is really good. And the price for bread heifers is, is pretty good because, because of where we're at in the price cycle here. Uh, and at the same time, you know that if you keep that heifer, uh, you may be able to g- garner some higher income here, but it's longer term. That income spread over many years, and so that's a very tough decision.
0: The last thing we'll talk about when it comes to revenue is the USTA does include their forecast for total farm household income, and they are expecting marginal, if not slightly higher total income at the household level. Now, this is partly due to the fact of they're not forecasting any decrease in farm living expenses. Even though farm incomes may be down, farm living expenses aren't going down. And then they are forecasting slightly higher off-farm incomes. And I think this tracks with what inflation has been doing. Wages are increasing and wages tend to maybe lag a little bit of overall inflation so the USDA is expecting off-farm wages to continue coming up. Barry, this is
1: more from a median perspective, so kind of right at the 50 percentile. I think if we would look at larger farms, the drop would be more significant because the larger farms would have more of their income coming from the farm. Yeah. It makes sense if you think about it. Smaller or mid-sized farms are getting income from off-farm income, so they're not going to be impacted as much as the larger farm that are getting a most of their income. From the farm, but from a median standpoint, you're right. I mean pretty flat incomes. I think
0: the median total farm household income doesn't tell the complete story. There's some definitely some heterogeneous impacts here, depending on the size of farm and how many people in the household are working off. It's just another way of looking at it. Yep. All right. So let's move on to expenses. So no surprise here with inflation increasing. Inflation adjusted production expenses are up slightly from 2023. You know, I'm keen to point out here. We're still below, when we adjust for inflation, what farm expenses were back in the 2011-2012 timeframe. However, I'm always reminded by farmers, this is going to be the most expensive crop that they put in the ground here in 2024 from a nominal perspective. But inflation adjusted, we are still below 2011-2012 production numbers. And
1: I think just like the receipts, I think the expenses is something that they, they could modify as we move through the year. I was actually a little surprised, Brady, that they were expecting a 3.8% increase. If you look at the USDA ag price indices, they're flat to slightly down on a year-to-year basis. And so I'd have to dig under the hood a little bit to see why they got a 3.8%. But I'm not necessarily arguing with their number. I'm just saying that there could easily be an adjustment.
0: Yeah, and this is just like... Because there was last year. Yep. And I want to remind everyone, just like for the cash revenues, we have to keep in mind that the overall average number doesn't necessarily apply to all sectors. Same is true here on the fruit and vegetable side as wages tend to increase, they're going to see. Wages
1: are definitely up.
0: Yes. So those areas of agriculture that employ more labor may be seeing a little bit higher increase in their expenses. And also probably
1: services because a lot of services provided to farms are labor intensive. And so those, those type of inputs will also increase.
0: So let's just go through what they're expecting the different expense categories. So obviously with some of what's going on in the crop side, they're expecting feed purchase expenses to be up slightly. Labor is probably one of the biggest movers here. They're expecting labor expenses to increase. Fertilizer expenses, they are expecting to increase there. And I suspect there's some quantity applied issues going into that as well. Livestock poultry purchases are up. Seed purchases are up. Interest expenses are flat. And I think this is coming from what we're expecting the federal reserve to do on interest. We're probably at the top range of where the Fed funds rate is going. The FOMC committee expects the Fed funds rate to remain flat, if not decline slightly in 2024. So no surprise, that expense is going to remain flat. Pesticides is up slightly from 2023. And then property taxes and fees is up slightly as well. If we look at uh, fuel and oil, they are down slightly from 2023 as well as net rent is down slightly, if not even from where it was in 2023. Michael, one of the things you do is you turn these revenue and expense projections for your West Central Indiana case farm, and you do some break-even prices. So what's going on with the, these break-even Here numbers? Here we want to
1: focus specifically on corn, but I'll talk a little bit about soybeans too. We said that the expenses were up 3.8%, and again, that's aggregates, all crop and livestock, uh, commodities are included in that. When you actually look at corn, as I indicated, the price is down substantially, but the break-even price is also down about 10%. That's primarily due to lower fertilizer cost. We've taken about $100 per acre off of rotation corn fertilizer costs in two years, about 50 last year and $50 this year. That's really helped the break-evens. But the problem here, of course, is the break-evens are still above, in some cases well above, depending on the productivity of land you're looking at, well above the expected price. So that's why we're expecting some pretty low net income for corn. And the story is similar for soybeans, just not quite as negative. Right now, the soybean to corn price ratio is above the long run average. And so soybeans look a little more profitable, at least in the eastern corn belt, than corn.
0: For low productivity land, you have break-even price for corn being right at 561. For average productivity land, you have the break-even being 528. And for high productivity land, you have the break even price being right at 490
1: And if you adjust for basis, you're looking at a, a cash price in the fall of about 460 So all of those are, are quite a bit above the expected price. That is revenue and expenses.
0: Let's move to the other financial statement, the balance sheets. Michael, and, what does the USDA and say and is can to the balance sheet? do this very
1: quick because, uh, in summary, the balance sheet is still really strong, particularly on the non current side. Uh, real estate to be the the major asset. In fact, it, I always say it's about eighty percent of all assets in the balance sheet. That's increased to eighty four percent with this new estimate uh, in twenty twenty four. Obviously, what happens to land uh, really dictates how the balance sheet looks. Land prices, as we indicated before, are relatively high now and they're expected to increase a little bit more in twenty four. And so that makes the equity situation very very solid. The debt to asset ratio is only twelve point eight percent in aggregate. As I've said before on these podcasts, if you looked at commercial farms, that would be closer to 25 to 30 percent. But there's a lot of people that are semi-retired part-time farms that have no debt. They're all included in this balance. But the, but the balance sheet is really strong.
0: Yeah. Overall, the US balance sheet is really strong. Uh working capital is strong as well. Strong equity. The balance sheet is strong for agriculture right now. Though I, I do want to say the numbers that we are talking about are for the U.S farm sector as a whole. So when we say 84% of the U.S. farm sector balance sheet is land, that's not meaning the average farmer 84% is land. That's the U.S. farm sector balance sheet. But with that said, there's going to be core correlation there. Farm land is the majority of any farmer's balance sheet. Maybe there's some farmers out there that rent a majority of their land and it may look a little bit different where you have uh, machinery and buildings being the largest portion. But for The average farmer out there, land is the biggest line item on their balance sheet. So when we look at asset and debt values, we see rising asset values. Debt is rising as well, but not as fast as assets. Yeah, assets
1: are rising faster. So the equity continues to rise in production agriculture, and it's particularly prevalent since 2007.
0: Yeah, when we look at just debt, we have surpassed the $500 billion mark. We're right in the 550 range, but again, it's not increasing it's as It's supported fast. by a
1: lot of equity. And real estate debt has climbed faster than operating debt. Operating debt has been relatively flat, up slightly, in 24 is expected, but we continue to see increases in, in real estate debt, and part of that's reflecting the fact that, you know, farmers are expanding. Some of the farmers are expanding and borrowing money to do that.
0: When we look at liquidity in agriculture, working capital remains strong. Liquidity is expected to decline a little bit in 2024. This is mainly being driven by the lower net farm income, but liquidity is still pretty strong out there in the U.S. farm sector. The current ratio being expected from the USDA is right at 1.88. This is down from 2.08 in 2023, but it's still a pretty good number for the farm sector. Solvency remains relatively low. The USDA is expecting a debt-to-asset ratio of right around 12.8% uh, for the farm sector. In summary, the net farm income is expected to decline from 156 billion in 2023 down to 116 billion in 2024. This is a 25.5 percentage decrease year over year. Net farm income in 2024 is still similar, though, to that long-run average. So we're just reverting back to long-run trends. U.S. farm balance sheets remain strong. Working capital remains strong. It is declining, but it's still in a strong position. And solvency remains strong as well. Breakeven prices for corn and soybeans are expected to decline in 2024, as well as net farm income per acre is expected to decrease in 2024 and expected to be well below the long-run average from 2007. Please visit us at the Purdue Center for Commercial Agriculture's website at purdue.edu backslash commercial ag. You can also find us on Twitter with the handle at ag. On behalf of the Center for Commercial Agriculture, thank you for listening.